1110 1110 1-800-WBT-1110. If you want to weigh in with your hot take on the election, I am kind of curious as to what you think happened yesterday for the Republicans. Everybody thought they were going to do so well. Red wave, red wave. And uh, more, more like a trickle or, or a puddle or, or spitting. Spittle. I'm sorry. No, well, it's not lunchtime anymore. I could say that. Okay. Uh, Jim Garrity at National Review says, no excuses, Republicans. Everyone thought you had just about the ideal issue environment for a midterm election, and the exit polls verified it. Seven in ten Americans said they were dissatisfied or angry about the state of the country. Around three-quarters of voters nationally characterized the state of the economy as poor or not good. Three-quarters. And the same amount said that inflation has caused them severe or moderate hardship. About two-thirds said gas prices have been causing them the hardship. Yet parents livid about the learning loss in schools because of the long closures of COVID-19, yet mad about inappropriate materials in the curriculum. You had an unpopular president who was such a liability for Democrats that they wouldn't let him anywhere near a swing state. The nation, deeply dissatisfied with the way the Democrats were running things, looked at what the GOP offered as the alternative and said, nah, I'll stick with the Democrats. If you can't elect a lot of Republicans in an environment like this, when can you? I don't ever want to hear another Republican claim he stands for the silent majority. If your silent majority doesn't show up to vote in large numbers, it doesn't have that much say in how this country is governed. We could even argue that a silent majority that does not vote might as well not exist at all. This is one of the things that has always rubbed me the wrong way, and I've heard the term a lot. I work in talk radio. I hear the term a lot. And there is this desire to believe that there are way more people that think like I do than those other people do. And that may be true, and it may not be true. The problem is that when the choices have to be made about who's going to govern us and what philosophy is going to uh, guide their decisions, the silent majority doesn't seem to show up a whole lot. And so I'm not so sure, first off, that they're silent. I mean, my God, social media, I don't even know if everybody's silent anymore. I don't even know if the majority, if it's the majority either. That's what caller Jim before was saying. He didn't think there are enough Republican votes. For there to be a red wave. I don't know if that's true either. But there are some serious questions about what happened yesterday and why it happened yesterday. And by the way, I'm not here to lay this all at the feet of Donald Trump. I think he has some blame. I think there's some blame on the Republican leadership side as well. I think people spent money where they wanted to spend money. I know the criticisms against Mitch McConnell and how he didn't fund the races, whatever. Yeah, well, Donald Trump didn't fund races either. He took a whole bunch of money from people and then didn't fund any of the races as far as I know. Well, maybe one. I think he gave some money to one, about like $2 million. Raised like over $100 million. So, yeah, they were, they're both trying to get their people in place. But here's the problem, right? If if you think that you have the silent majority and then when the pu- when the push comes to shove and you have to go out and vote for these these people to win and you can't get the win you're not the majority it doesn't matter 
It, it doesn't matter. Where are these voters? Right? I know that, look, and people say, oh, you know, Donald Trump had all of these people that he pushed and they lost. He also had people that he endorsed that won. Ted Budd was one of them. J.D. Vance was another one. It's a mixed bag, right? He made some endorsements. Some won, some lost. Mitch McConnell and his leadership group, you know, they backed some people. Some won, some lost. So what happened? 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. I'll go over here to Robert. Welcome to the program. Robert, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Hey, I'm good. What's up? What do you think? I, yeah, yeah, I just want to say the reason that it didn't happen the way we wanted it to, there's two of them. One is, once again, we're outvoted. You know, the people who work are getting outvoted from the people who don't. And you, you take that with, with the abortion issue, and that brought enough people to, to lose, you know, New York, California, places like that. It's never going to change. Well, but though, but at a, at a state level, though, right? I mean, all right, in this state, right? But at a state level, the I mean, people in California, their votes don't impact us, and vice versa. Right. Right. But I do th- like. I, mean, I think you're impacts, on. You know, you said earlier about the economy, and people are mad about that. Well, yeah. I mean, the bottom line is we needed to change Washington yesterday, and we did. Right. And well, I'm saying we didn't for the. For the fact is that once again was outvoted by people who don't work and get free stuff from the government. Because you're right, a lot of people complained about gas and inflation, but those people that complain are the people that have to get up and go to work every day. So I would so I would suggest also that the the people that outvoted the working folk um, are part of uh, the managerial class. These are more white collar quote unquote elites that we have a surplus of in our society. Um, I think that those are the people because it does, the, the, the inflationary pressures aren't impacting them yet as greatly as they have impacted people in middle class and, and the poor, right? So they're, they're insulated. So they're not feeling the effects. And so they can keep voting for these policies on ideological grounds. I would, I, I would think that it's not so much people that are, are not working and getting all of the freebies from the government, although I agree with you that they exist. But I think there's a bigger cohort of the college-educated, quote, managerial class that uh, that they are also voting for these things. Yeah, just, it ain't going to change unless Washington ain't going to change. Well, I will say this also. If people want it to change, then they have to participate in the process by more than just voting. There's got to be... Door knocking campaigns, phone banking, right? When people take this seriously, then enough to actually donate time out of their day, then I think there is the possibility for change. Because Democrats, they've got the activism down, right? They do all the activism. And I understand the argument is, look, we're working all the time. And I totally get it. I totally get it. (laughs) Right. But they're working, too. They're just working for activism, right? They got nonprofits that are helping to pay their their way and give them paychecks and stuff. Um, but if we're not willing to do those types of things, then we're just kind of surrendering the field to them. And the other part of it is, I would submit early voting, the early voting efforts and absentee ballot voting efforts that Democrats have been doing is paying dividends, and Republicans don't do that. Republic, I mean, how many people have called me and said? You know, I vote on election day. 
I've because I'm a Republican. That's the only day you're supposed to be voting and all this. And that's fine. I, I'm not trying to tell people don't vote on Election Day, but Democrats bank hundreds and thousands of votes before the Election Day even er- even occurs. And that's how you get Fetterman, you know, uh, Rob, uh, Robert, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks a lot. Good to hear from you. Yes, sir. All right. Call back anytime. Thank you. And uh, hang on here. Let me get Jim on real quick. Hello, Jim. You have a question about what a bond, the bonds and Matthews? Well, not really a question. Okay. A couple of points. One, um, first, your, your point about people seeming to want more of the same wallowing in the muck. Um, I was disappointed in Matthews in the fact that, you know, with the upcoming county reevaluation that people actually well two things one seems like they don't mind the fact that they're going to get their taxes raised which i find amazing um but to your point about early voting um you're right about the democrats doing a much better job of motivating or getting the early voting out um because when i looked at the polls as far as the um bonds were concerned, the early voting was really where the first big vote yes jump came in. Now, granted, that that was before, you know, all the, the controversy came out where it was found out that the mayor was scheduling meetings and purposely excluding two commissioners who were against the bonds. Um, and um, that's one of the benefits oh, of that's one of the benefits of banking those votes early. Just like with Fetterman, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. With Fetterman, people they were they were they were uh, people they were lied to in, in Pennsylvania about the extent of his medical infirmities, and uh, and then when they finally got to see it, oh well, too late. Early voting's already been going on. Well, and in Matthews, to be honest with you, the town pretty much misled people saying that it was a transportation bond when it really isn't. A majority of the money for that bond is to go towards a quote-unquote beautification project of downtown Matthews. And the problem with that is, if you really want to look at the transportation end of it, I've seen the drawings and the maps, you're going to eliminate parking spaces so that you can widen the sidewalks, and then you're going to, as much traffic, as, a, as difficult as downtown Matthews is to get through in the first place, now you're going to introduce parallel parking. Well, most people have a hard time parking in a straight parking lot, let alone parallel parking in traffic. Yeah, they need to put um, the uh, the diagonal ones, I would say. The diagonal slots would work better if you're going to put on-street parking. But, hey, Jim, I appreciate the call. i got to run. I'm late for uh, a uh, traffic break. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. What happened yesterday? President usually loses seats in the midterms, right? Especially when the economy is bad. And this midterm election seems to have broken that sort of iron law of politics. Democratic candidates for House, Senate, and Governor have all performed better than almost anybody expected. By the standards of how midterm elections go, it should be considered a vote of confidence in that party, says Jonathan Chait over at New York Magazine. To be sure... Nothing about Joe uh, Joe Biden's approval ratings suggests the public has genuine confidence in his presidency. It's more realistically a vote of no confidence in the Republican opposition. What do you think? Explain it to me. Let me go over here to Steve. Welcome to the program, Steve. How are you? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Hey. 
Oh, sorry to interrupt. Hang on. Okay. Let me go over here to uh, Fred instead. Hello, Fred. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hello. Hello, Pete. Hey. What's up? Love your show. Thank uh, you, sir. From Gaston County, and I've got an echo I'm trying to avoid, uh, and I'm asking about the Pete Harrigan race. I missed the comments earlier, but this new district is 75% land value or mass, I should say, Gaston County, but three quarters or two thirds of the population is Mecklenburg. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it was awfully one sided. Yes. um, Yes, this was. Pat, but do not know the other person. Jeff Jackson, baby Jesus. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, on the one hand, uh, there is the benefit that uh, Jeff Jackson, uh, now that he has one, we will have baby Jesus representing us in Congress. So there, there's that benefit, I guess. Um, but no, Pat, uh, yeah, the, the land mass doesn't really matter because land doesn't vote, right? And, and Congress members don't represent land. They represent people. It's a population-based deal. So, yes, to your uh, question about uh, it being sort of lopsided, it was lopsided. Yes, they drew the district as a gift for a Democrat. This is what the, quote, special masters did that were appointed by the North Carolina State Supreme Court to draw these maps. They drew maps that would ensure Democrats are overrepresented uh, in the congressional delegation. And that's what we got. Why would our Republican Party go along with this? They have no choice. Okay. I mean, they went. The, the Democrats kept suing until they got to the state Supreme Court, and the state Supreme Court was made up of four Democrats and three Republicans. And despite obvious conflicts of interest by uh, one of the, if not two of the, uh, Democrat judges, uh, that's the way they came to. They ruled, and they they discarded the legislative maps. They discarded the uh, the ones that the Republicans had drawn, and they went ahead and just uh, gave the job to these three appointees, uh, one of whom was. Uh, Bob Orr, former Republican judge, but now is like huge anti-Trumper guy. And uh, another one was uh, getting uh, emails and stuff from some redistricting expert leftist professor. And I mean, the whole thing was tainted. doesn't matter. Uh, They put him in place. And uh, the, the, I will say the, 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 the bright spot is that these maps were only for this election. So they're going to redo these maps again. And uh, when they do, we'll have new maps to vote under in 2024. And so maybe okay. baby Jesus Jeff Jackson doesn't fare so well uh, at that point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand the baby Jesus. Comment. Oh, that's what his Democrat <laughs> colleagues call him. Because he, he oh. right, yeah, because he's like supposedly the second coming, but he doesn't do anything. That was what his Democrat colleagues called him. He gets a lot of FaceTime. He gets a lot of pub. He gets a lot of benefit. Uh, but he doesn't really do anything. He had no legislative accomplishments because, as they said, you know, babies, what do they do? Babies don't really do much of anything, right? It was adult Jesus that paid the price. Anyway, um, I appreciate the call. Fred, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, that's, that, was a, that was the nickname the Democrats gave their colleague. It was, that did not come from me. All right, let me go over here to EJ. Hello, EJ. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pete. Hey, what's up? Listen, with an ill-informed electorate, the media so vilify at the right, homophobic democracy in peril, January 6th, et cetera, et cetera, that the devil you know, inflation, gas prices, crime, riots, don't matter. 
we won't vote for you Republicans regardless. And so the Reagan Democrats are no more. And they, the Reagan Democrats would cross over. They would see the right and the value in voting on principally. And they would cross over and they would vote. But we don't have that anymore. We may have just seen that the media's influence like a balance, a scale, and you take stones and you put it on one side and tilt it. And because people can't, if there were 25 Fox networks like there are MSNBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, then you could see a balance. People could see what's actually happened. But the media tilts the scale as crookedly as that is, and people can't see. And and they vote now because we've been, the Republicans and conservatives have been so vilified that they, were, they sat there last night. They knew that everything was just as you've been saying, crime, all this stuff. They say, but you know what? I still trust the Democrats, even though they're punishing us. I still trust them over Republicans. So what's the way forward for the Republicans? How do they combat that? Well, to combat that, we just have to stand for principle. We have to still be who we are. But we have to know that the game is tilted. Right, I, all right, I understand that. But, but, but knowing who we are, knowing the game is tilted, what active measures do you do in order to get people to understand those things? Well, one of the things, like what Elon Musk is doing, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the left is, they, they're going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs of Elon Musk because Musk now, with that platform, which is the which is the uh, the, the center where everybody the yeah. square the town square now voices can be Babylon B all that stuff can now come up and now people can come and vilify it but then they have to read and they have to see the discourse in the square yeah so we can only hope that other in, uh, entities of uh, of communication can be standing forward and allow that diverse conversation because right now the way the, the left is doing it. They have the total curve on this thing. All right, uh, EJ, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks so much. Hey, on Thursday, November 17th, the Charlotte Auto Show returns to the convention center for the 29th year, the Charlotte Auto Show. Thursday, November 17th through Sunday, November 20th. And on that Thursday, to kick it all off, they're doing Hero Day. So you get free entry with an ID for teachers, uh, medical field uh, personnel, first responders, and active military and veterans. That is on Thursday the 17th. Oh, and also Brett Winterbull is going to be broadcasting from down there. Uh, Also, save time and shop in a family-friendly, low-pressure environment. Chevy is offering test drives on site as well. You can visit your luxury and exotic brands like Aston Martini. No, I'm kidding. It's Martin. Ferrari, Land Rover, Lexus, Maserati, which goes like 185, so I've heard. Porsche and more. Yeah, go check it out. Charlotte Auto Show on the 17th. Kate Dillon with RedState.com says the GOP relies on Democrat policies are bad as a golden ticket to winning elections. They think it's just going to fall into their lap. No, maybe you actually have to work for it and bring something decent to the table. So many Republican losses sit squarely with poor candidates and those candidates running lazy, ineffective campaigns. Democrats poured money into these candidates. It should never have gotten that far. These candidates should not have been an option. And if I think she's talking about um, she's talking about the candidates that were terrible, that were the supposed threats to the democracy that Democrats helped get through their primaries. 
Democrats funded Republicans. And by the way, Republican voters and people who, you know, did not vote or found something else to do and they couldn't be bothered. Like you basically just did a solid to the the unethical, scummy, scuzzbag, skeptic, cynics that went and funded these candidates to get them past better Republican candidates. And I'll tell you what, Republicans, if you don't start playing that same game against Democrats, you better go start finding the most whack job commies you can find and start running them in Democrat primaries. That needs to be an entire cottage industry. Democrats, you set the rules. So here we go. Away we go. You won't even know if the person running on the ticket is actually a member of that party or not, or a believer in that ideology or not. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Good job, Democrats. I can't wait for this to happen. But here's the other thing. Republicans need to abandon this idea that early voting is going away. It is not going away. And you may, you know, say, I only vote on Election Day. But do you know what happens when everybody on the Republican side thinks that? First off, some of them don't actually ever make it to the polling places. That does happen. People get sick, get in a car accident, forget, have to stay late at work. All sorts of things come up and you don't get to vote. Whereas if you went and voted early, you'd be done. Very easy. I vote early almost every year. It's easy. It's easier, I would say. It's easier because you get a whole uh, calendar like, 20 days or something to choose from. So first off, it, it, it makes sure that you, uh, that you vote. I understand there's a downside. Don't get me wrong. I understand there's a downside of, um, you know, late breaking information that now you've banked the vote already. and You can't get it back. I get that. But if you know, you're going to be voting for certain people in certain races and it doesn't matter, then why, why would you wait and just go all the way up to the deadline and risk something happening and you not making the deadline? First of all, second of all, from a party apparatus standpoint, And a strategy standpoint, this is why it makes more sense, is that the campaigns don't have to waste time calling you and trying to drag you to the polls because you still haven't voted. This is the benefit of the early voting for Democrats is that once they know that I voted, they don't call me anymore. They're not going to try to get me in a soul to the poll kind of operation. They're done with me. They can now go after the people that are a little bit less likely to vote than me. They can go and try to find those other people and try to organize rides for them. Let me go over here to uh, Mark. Welcome to the program, Mark. What's going on? Well, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Well, I'll tell you why we didn't have a red wave. 50 years of Roe versus Wade, and they went ahead... Yellow. Mark? Mark, are you there? I'm starting to think that Mark's phone problems are on his side. All right, I'm going to put him back on hold. You can pick him back up and see if you can hear him or something. But Mark, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with your phone there. Hello, Jimmy. Welcome to the program. Hey there, Pete. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm starting to think that maybe maybe all these, you know, what's going on is basically... The states are, that are red are just getting redder, and uh, places that are blue are just getting bluer, and we're having less and less of a swaying middle, and we're starting to get just a, a less and less. I think we've, we've made politics, in my opinion, 
almost like a football team. You know, people still show up at the Panther Stadium, even though they are pretty bad, but you still got people show up at that stadium no matter how bad things are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just they 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 see that D and or they see that R and they stick with it no matter what. There and I'm starting to think there's no middle. We we we've, we've made politics almost like a sport. So that is what uh, there's a um, a woman who does a thing called the Rhino Podcast. Republican in name only, the R-I-N-O. And she, she agrees with you. She said the country is polarized to teams. Republicans, though, did not have a vision, and cringe, fringe candidates lost. But to your point, Keith Larson used to talk about this all the time uh, years ago on BT, uh, about the red jersey and the blue jersey, right? And people just defend the jerseys. And I think that this is yeah. fair. Her criticism is fair that Republicans didn't offer much of any kind of a vision at all. They were just, you know, vote for us. We're not the bad guys that gave you this terrible economy and crime. You know, it's like, um, you know, the, the, the Santos, he, he puts it in your face. He put all, you know, all the bad stuff that the Democrats were trying to do in Florida. So he just takes it and he, he puts it in the voters' face. And he said, you know, like the, 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 the dirty books in the library. And he puts it in your face, and, and he says, "You know, this is the problem." And you, you know, you you make that choice right there. The regular Republicans just they throw it out there, and you, they don't. You know, you got to get the candidate to get the um, get the voter to look at it and see it. This is what's going on. Yeah. You know, just seeing it. You know, hearing about it, or whatever. If it's in your face, you can't ignore it. I got you, Jimmy. I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. All right. Hi, bud. News Talk 1110-993-WBT-704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. So what the heck happened? (laughs) GOP wave? Not so much. A trickle is more like it. Noah Rothman said you probably have to say that every dollar Democrats uh, and aligned groups spent propping up election-denying Republicans in their respective primaries, cynical as it may be, was money well spent. Right? Because they all lost. All those people that the Democrats funded in order to have an easier race in the general, the tactic worked. Republicans better pay attention and you better start doing it to them. Find the most... Crazy commies you can find. Although I will say, I mean, well, the squad, all of the squad members in Congress, they all won re-election. Jenna Ellis is a lawyer and contributor at Newsmax. She said, key takeaway from last night, I'm concerned that everybody's going to run back into the arms of the establishment GOP. That's what they want. But regardless of the autopsy of this election, that is not the correct diagnosis for moving forward. All right, so we got Mark back on the line. Hello, Mark. Are you in a better cell for service? Yes. Good. All right. So I'm um, sorry. So, so I'll go ahead and just start over again because I'm not sure if I remember what you were uh, start what, what you had started saying. The reason why we did not have a red wave was we had 50 years of Roe versus Wade, and they just couldn't be patient. They had to they had to come out and pass it right now. If they would have waited until after the midterm elections, I think we would have had a red wave. You know. 
Mm-hmm. And, but maybe the leak had something to do with it. Maybe it didn't. I, I don't know. But, uh, um, you know, we had a conservative Supreme Court. All they had to do was, was get on the same page and, and think about this. And, and uh, you know, all they had to do was be patient about it. Well, but they they were on a calendar when they hear when they hear arguments that puts them on a timeline, and so I don't yeah. know if you could actually delay it that well, long. But, Maybe they could, but I don't know if they but, could. But also, I mean, is that what you want the court to be doing? Do you want the justices to be considering politics when they make their rulings, or do you want them to just well, consider the law? Not really. I don't want them to be politics, but but I'm just saying that's that's what actually. That's, in my opinion, that's why we didn't have a red wave. No, and that's... abortion issue. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I know it agitated... I, I went yeah. over this uh, yesterday. So the um, the thing that motivates people to vote is anger, right? And that's why right. generally the party out of power does better in the midterm elections because yeah. the, the they're more angry because they're out of power. Um, and the Dobbs decision did anger people on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the question is, did that linger long enough into this cycle? Now, Democrats and their consultants who convinced their candidates to run on this messaging, they will tell us all day in six ways till Sunday, they're going to tell us that that messaging worked. They will say yeah. that. Yeah. I'm not so sure because when you look at the party registration uh, and you look at the turnout in early voting by gender and party, you see yeah. no bump in North Carolina. No, no bump among women and among Democrats. Yeah. So that that indicates to me that that's, that might not be the case. Um, okay. Well, but that's not the case in every state, right? Every state is different. Right. And so some right. states may have tried to push through different laws at a state level, right, that, that then made people angry. Maybe, you know, there were bans or something that people had proposed, or maybe they went back on the books or something. So we didn't have that in, in our state. So maybe that kind of muted the reaction. But that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, all I know is uh, I'm awake, but I'm not woke. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it, this country, uh, I'm praying for it every day. Yeah, well, that's, that, that is a <laughs> and, good thing to do. That is a good thing to do. I listen to you, and I listen to your station every day, and sometimes my wife and my daughter get sick of me listening to politics and stuff, but... Well, uh, yeah. Tell I'm your wife I'm sorry. <laughs> Apologize for me. Tell her I'm okay. I'm, I, I try to be funny. Oh. I can, I'll try to make her laugh. Oh, they're, they're okay. They're All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, hey, Mark. Have a good day. And All right. Thank you for making everybody's day. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for the call. Good to hear from you. Uh, go over here to Mike. He's up next. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the show. Thank you, bud. Yeah, man. I just, I just wanted to tell you, you know, it's a real simple thing why it didn't happen the way that we would have wanted it to happen last night. Common sense is is gone. You know, people don't remember four days ago, you know, when Biden turned the spigot off and, uh, you know, to the oil and all that good stuff, and then all these lies that he's told, you know. And then you got a lot of people that want to sit back, you know, and vote for somebody that's going to give them a, uh, what I call a gimme. You know, they, they just don't want to work. They want to collect money and, and not do anything for it. And uh, my daddy would have beat the socks off me if he had found out that I had voted for uh, somebody that lied as much as Biden does. And uh, it just gets back to common sense. People people don't follow their good common sense 
which most people don't have it anymore anyway. It's not so common, I have heard. Mike, thanks for the call, sir. I appreciate it. Um, Joseph got uh, sent an email here. Uh, he says, in Gaston County, the Democrat Party is basically dead, yet thanks to redistricting, a large majority of the county is now represented in the U.S. House by a Democrat. And they want to cry about gerrymandering? That is uh, that is correct. That is correct. Um, but remember, this district is only this way for this one election. It's going to uh, it's going to be redrawn before the next congressional race in 24. Kellyanne Conway made a, co- a couple of cogent points about the lack of a midterm wave election. First, gerrymandering on both sides has made the vast majority of of seats safe for the occupying party. Second, when Biden allegedly won in in 2020, not a single House Republican lost their seat. Biden had zero coattails, so there isn't a lot of room for a wave election to take seats from any Democratic candidates that came in with him. The days of sweeping elections at a national level may be over. We are literally becoming two countries in one. Yeah, I have heard about... Eric Erickson, the talk show host, has talked about, uh, he called it, uh, I think he predicted this as a balkanization election, and he might very well be right. Um, I do want to leave you with this. Brent Woodcox is a he's an attorney, and he works for the North Carolina Senate and uh, the Republicans over there. And uh, he went on to Twitter today, and he said, Republicans waking up in North Carolina this morning should feel good. The party is leading the way to show a struggling brand at the national level the way to win. The NC GOP should also realize that they have to start to rebuild the party in urban counties to continue winning. Republicans cannot continue to maintain power in North Carolina from cycle to cycle so long as they are essentially completely uncompetitive in Wake and Mecklenburg. Too many voters living and moving to these places to let them be totally uncontested. Right. You, you, you got to lose by less. That's, that's the first step. In Mecklenburg County, Republicans need to lose by less. Wake County, lose by less. Um, next, more early voting efforts. Republicans need to, need to abandon this idea that the only correct or ethical or morally superior way to vote is on Election Day. You have the early voting, period. Use it, bank the votes, and then go get other people that aren't as interested. Those are called B or C voters. People who vote in midterms, people who vote in primaries, people vote every time. Those are A voters. When you get all the A voters early voting, then the A voters go out and get the B voters and C voters and get them to the polls. Also, continue with the Hispanic and black outreach. It's making a difference. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.